and I can't use both hands. That's going to drive me crazy. I'm so used to being able to be animated. So anyway, but, uh, uh, you know, choices, choices, choices. And that's what gets us in trouble. That's why we need to be all things made new. God works all things out for the good to those who love him and called according to his purpose. So God is like, you know what? I want to, I want to make sure, but if you make good choices, you make better choices, then you won't have to worry so much about the bad. But so many times we make bad choices. I, I know I, I went to the dentist one time, and, and, um, and uh, when I was there, the, the, the doctor came and looked, and, and, I, and the, nur- the nurse was looking and said, oh, I don't know about that. That's all, it's all good, nurse. It's, everything's fine. And so the, we got to the doctor. The doctor started looking and said, yeah, I think there's a cavity there, maybe one there, and then there's a watch on B12 and all that kind of stuff. I said, no, doctor. I told the nurse, don't, don't write that down. It's fine. Everything's good. I got good, perfect teeth. Everything's fine. I don't need no shots in my mouth or nothing. And, and he was like, well, listen, if that's what's going to happen, you, 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 got a, you got a choice. You can either do it right now, and that, that, that would be the, the, the choice, the, the better choice. Or you can wait till later, and I have to pull that tooth that's so bad, and you'll need a lot of shots. I'm like, Doc, when's my next appointment? And sign me up for nitrous oxide, because I need something to make me crazy so I don't even know what's going on, you know? <laughs> and so the nurse, the, nurse, the nurse said, well, hey, you know, do you floss? And I said, sure, I floss. She says, well, when's the last time you floss? I said, this morning. She said, well, how long have you been flossing regularly? Since this morning. You know, we always, you know, before you, when you get up, you floss that morning. And you ain't flossing six months or a year. Or, well, I ain't flossing since the last time I went. You know, I brush my teeth every day. You know, but I, you know, I pick my teeth. I, I do like Grady on, on, on Fred Sanford. I suck my teeth sometimes, you know. <laughs> you know, but, so, so, but, but the choices. We have these choices. And when you got it working now, that would be a blessing to me so I can use both hands. I love it. Praise God. Thank you. You just drop that down there. Bada bing, bada boom. Oh. How's that going in my ear? All right. Let's just spin that around. Okay, thank you. Praise God. All right, good. Hey, man, Facebook, I'm sorry. It'd be better if you were here. You would know, you hear all the jokes going on. Okay, so praise God for that. But anyway, so when we have these situations going on in our life, we have these situations going on in our life, we, we, uh, we have ways to deal with them. And when bad things happen, the first thing that maybe we start to do is we start to fake it till you make it, all right? You know, you kind of act like everything's fine, and you're like, oh, I'm good, yeah, no, it's fine. Everything, everything's cool with me, and uh, I don't, I, nothing's wrong, and you just fake it. You act like everything's fine, even though everything is bad, everything's falling apart, we, we're really good at, at faking it and making it, seem like everything is okay so that's the first thing we do is we try to fake it till we make it and pretend like everything's all right the second thing that we try to do is that we ignore it if you have a sickness or disease a lot of times or something's going wrong or you have a problem in your relationship and we just kind of ignore it act like it's not there we're just like oh it's no big deal well aren't you sick no i'm fine i'm it's fine it's yeah but it's okay it'll be all right so we fake it till we make it or we just ignore it or we just give up I say, I'm done with it. I'm just done with it. We just quit. We quit trying. And then when you quit trying, you lose hope. And you know what happens after you lose hope. Then you die. Okay? And, you, and there's different ways to die, obviously. You know, if, if it is a physical thing and you, you fake it till you make it, you ignore it, and, and you, you give up, you know, physically, then you, you will. You will pass. But, but spiritually, if it's a spiritual thing, you, you can die spiritually. There's a such thing as dying spiritually. It's not just a, there's not just a physical death. If you're not alive in Christ, you're dead. Okay? And so you, you die spiritually. Also, you can die emotionally. 
If you have things, if you have emotions, a lot of emotions going on, and you're trying to act like everything's fine, everything's okay, you know, and then you, then you're like, then well, that, well, maybe there's something wrong, but you know, I'm just going to ignore it, and I just got all these emotions going on, and you know, and I'm getting, I'm so stressed and I'm so anxious, and you ignore it, and then eventually it's it's going to hurt you, and you can you can you can die emotionally, okay, until until you're able to be healed of that. You can you can die in morality. If you keep on and, and you're, you're messing around with sin and stuff, you can get to the place where you die morally. But 2 Corinthians 1, 8 and 9 talks about it in, in the NIV. Paul said, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles that we experience in the providence of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond the ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. We indeed felt we had received a death sentence, a sentence of death. Has anybody been in that place before? It's been so bad in your life, you just feel like, man, maybe I'm just supposed to die. Maybe God just put a death sentence on me. It's just so, so far beyond the ability to endure, he said. We despaired of life. Like, man, I just really, I, I, I just, you know, maybe you just get to that place where you just feel like maybe I'm just supposed to die. Not necessarily that you're going to kill yourself, thank God, but, but you just get to the place, you're like, maybe God's going to take me out of this world. There's just, it's just so much going on. That's where these guys are at. You know, but see, you, you, can, you can go through a storm, you know, and, but, but you can still stay afloat. You know, you, you, can, you can go through all kinds of situations in your life, and you can be in the wilderness but still know where you're going. You can, you can be in a rut and still dig yourself out. Um, may, maybe you're, maybe you feel like, you know what, as a matter of fact, I had somebody tell me this past week, um, they came to the church for counseling, they said, hey, I, I'm, I, I'm still, a, I still, a, I'm still alive, but I don't feel like I'm, I'm living. So you may feel like you're alive, that you, you're alive, but you don't feel like you're breathing. You don't feel like you're living the life that God has for us, that life and life more abundantly. The problem is that, mo- that most of the time when we get in these places, we, we made a wrong choice that got us there. When, they, when we do these things and we get to these places of despair, most likely you made wrong choices. Nobody gets to the, a place of despair making all the right choices, right? There has to be some kind of choice that you made somewhere along the road that caused the situation. But you have a choice. You have a choice here today. And I'm here to let you know that. Every time, every time you come to church, church, you have a choice, honestly. You have a choice to leave like you came or, or you have a choice to, to, to be delivered, set free, or healed, or made whole. You know, matter of fact, Deuteronomy 30 and 19 tells us about that choice. It says, today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and cursings. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you will and your descendants might live. God says, listen here, you, got, you have a choice to make, a good choice or a better choice. You got life or death. You got blessings and cursing. As a matter of fact, I love that part right there that I really didn't see before. It says that now I call upon heaven and earth to witness. God is going to witness the choices you make. People around you are witnessing the choices that you make. And they're going to see what kind of choices you're making. But the problem is we focus so many on the we fo- focus so much on the external. We turn into fix-it people. When things get wrong, we just try to fix it. We don't try to really deal with the root of the problem. You know, if I, you know, if we got weeds, we just cut the grass, and then the weeds grow back, right? You don't deal with the root. You know, us men, if something goes wrong, you get some, go to the shed and get you some WD-40 or some duct tape, and you fix it, right? 
But see, you can fix it on the outside, but whatever's causing that pressure to break or whatever that rust was that's causing something to leak, it's going to keep right on going on and on, and it's going to get worse and worse and worse if you don't deal with the internal problem of it. If something's loud and you just put a blanket over it, you know, it's, 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 you know if, if, if your wife snores real loud and you put a blanket over her face trying to get her to quiet down, it's not going to work. Because what's internal in there is going to come out. And when she comes out, she's going to let you know something. But we ignore the fact sometimes that it's internal and that we're dying. I, I know my, my faith was, was whenever I was younger in my Christian walk and, 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 and the denomination I came out of, I felt so, so, so damned at times that, that I felt like that I just tried not to do wrong. I was trying to do good. I, was try, I wasn't even really focused on trying to do good. I was trying not to do wrong. I was trying not to sin. It, I wasn't trying to make things right in my heart with God. I was just, I didn't want to go to hell. Why do you go to hell? Because you sin. You know, I grew up, it wasn't really about having a relationship with Christ and you don't go to, you don't go to hell because you're saved. It was really, you don't go to hell, you go to hell because you sin. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to sin because I didn't want to go to hell. And I felt like I, you know, at, at times that, that I was told that, that, Christ had me dangling over hell. It was like, you sin, buddy. I'm going to drop you in there. You keep I'm just going to drop. You, you sin? You, you, hey, I, I will drop you. I, did, I never was taught the grace of God. I was never taught, taught about the grace of God and how good his grace was and how much mercy he has to us and show us. And I'm not talking about, like I said, I always balance myself with this. I'm not talking about that you're just saved and you just do whatever you want to and now you can go to heaven. I'm talking about the, the, the grace of God that forgives you and loves you and cares about you and, 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 and try, wants to help you. But I was trying so hard to not to desperately go to hell that I just, I just tried not to sin. And I failed at it because there was nothing in me internally to help me keep from sinning. Hell scared me. I didn't want to go to hell, so I just tried not to sin. But I sinned because I had no power. There was no power of the Holy Spirit in me to help me to keep from doing anything. And I would do really well for a while, but then I'd fall flat on my face. And I would sin. And then what I would do, I'd go back and cry and beg God, God, please, 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 please forgive me. I don't want to go to hell. God, please forgive me. And I lived this life forever for the longest time. And I, I, would, I would ask God to forgive me. And I am not lying. I would ask God to, to forgive me 35 to 50 times a day. I would say, Lord, just, just forgive, Lord, forgive me. Just, and I would, I would always pray, and I still pray this, but I prayed this like all day. Lord, please forgive me in case I did something I wasn't supposed to and I didn't know about it and I know it was wrong, but it's really wrong, so please, please forgive me anyway. I would pray that. See, I, I know it's so fast and so quick now, but I was like, I didn't want, I, I, I just like, no, please forgive me. If I've done anything wrong I didn't know about, please forgive me because I didn't really mean to do it because I don't, I don't want to go to hell. So if, if, if I knew I did it, then I wouldn't have done it because I didn't want to go to hell. See, you know, that's how I felt. You know, I was just terrified of it, and it was a scared, scared thing. It wasn't a love thing, you know. It was a scared thing. But we're so focused. It was, it was more behavior modification. You know, I was just trying to change my behavior. But how many knows you just can't change people's behavior? It's gotta, it's, that's got to be an internal thing, right? You know, so, so why, why was it internally that I wasn't? Well, I wasn't reading my word to get the word in me. I wasn't praying. I wasn't building a relationship with Christ. It was more do's and don'ts. I really felt like my religion was based on rules and regulations rather than the love of God. And I felt like it was, you know, matter of fact, let me put, Tony Evans said this. I love Tony Evans. He's such a, a, a great philosopher. He said, 
The cross did away with the system of rules and replaced it with relationship. It's all about relationship with God. The gospel is about good news. Matter of fact, gospel means good news. Hell is not good news. Rules and relationship is not good news. You're going to hell is not good news. But, but, God, but God's love, that, that, that the relationship with Jesus is good news. The love and forgiveness and mercy and grace of God, that's good news. I wish I would have known that so far long ago. I would be so much further in Christ, I believe. But one day, one day, I heard the good news. Even as a Christian, because I was a Christian, I was saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, but I didn't understand God the way that I should. And I understood, I finally found out and, and that, that God loved me so much that, that just more than I could just imagine, and that it was about me, and it wasn't about the rules or regulations. It was about love and relationship, and I fell in love with God. I fell in love with Jesus. That's the best way I could tell you, because, you know, we, you know I, it's, it's more than I've made a relationship with Jesus, or I have, I am saved. I am in love with God. And because of that, I'm able to live, you know, not, not about how, what God expects. I, I did, in the past, I would always do what God expected me to do. You, ever, you know, I, like I was in the military. Yes, sir. You are expected to be here at 0600, and you are expected, and I felt like God expected me to do stuff. And all God expects me to do is just to love him and to love others. That's what, that's what he says. He's, what, 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 what's the greatest, that, you, that you, love, you love the Lord God with all your heart and that you love others as you love yourself. That's what he expects of us. And if we do that, the rules will fall into place. If we truly love God, love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we love others as we love ourselves, the rules will take care of themselves. They'll all be okay. But so I, I, was, I was trying to stay away from sin, but then I fell in love with Jesus, and I didn't worry about that anymore because I was able to choose what was right. For instance, you love your spouse, right? So why do you love your spouse? Because you love your spouse and you don't cheat on your spouse because it's illegal to have an adulterous affair? Do you, do, you, do you not cheat on your, your spouse because you made a promise to them um, whenever you got married for better or for worse? Or do you not cheat on your wife or your husband because you love them? See, that's why you don't cheat on them, because you love them. People who, who, who get in uh, extramarital affairs is most of the time it's because they, they don't love someone. They don't care about them. They lost, they lost their, their love, that, that internal. They may act like it on the outside, but on the inside, they're not. So therefore, it's an external thing. We try to do that. The decision that we make is based on relationship. And it's just not now. It goes all the way back to the beginning in the garden. Genesis chapter 2, verse 9. It says, The Lord made all sorts of trees grow up in the ground. Trees that were beautiful and that, were, that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed a tree of life and the tree of good and knowledge of evil. Second Corinthians, I mean, second Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat from the fruit of any tree in the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat this fruit, you will surely die. So here's a problem. In the New Testament, it says, life and death, blessings and cursing. In the beginning of time, it was the tree of life and the tree of good and evil. It was the same thing. They were still, it was still choices. It was still life or death. It was still blessings or cursing. The same thing today. For the beginning of time, God has given us choices and said, here's a choice, but there's a better choice than the one that you want to make with your flesh. 
choose life so that everyone, and everyone around you could live. We make choices, and we don't think it affects nobody else, but it does. It affects your whole family. It can affect your church. It can affect your work. Our choices. Well, if not, why, why are there generational curses? Why? Because my grandfather was an alcoholic that I can be an alcoholic. Why is it if somebody else was in your, in your family was a, have, has an addictive personality, you can be addicted just by, it's, it's proven by, by, by sci- scientists that, that you, you could take one sip of alcohol and if you have that in your genes, that you could become an alcoholic after one sip. Now, that's not normal. That's not the norm, but it can happen. Why? Because it's, it's a generational thing. So things that we do affect everybody else. Our actions affect others, and we've got to think about that a lot of time in our life. But, but we try to live our life by doing more. Whenever we start doing bad and we start to sin, and we start doing things we shouldn't have, when we have a bad attitude, bad thoughts, bad feelings, bad actions, what do we do? Instead of going to God and saying, God, I'm just forgive me for my sins. I've done wrong. I repent. We start trying to do more. Well, I'll read more of the Bible today. I'll read more chapters. I'll pray an hour. I'll pray longer. I'll get involved. I'll serve more. I'll serve more. I'll do more things at the church. I'll go help. I'll go feed the homeless. I'll give more in the offering. I'll give, I'll give a million dollars to, the, to the, the grow plan. We'll take that. But, you know, but you know whatever it is, I'll, it's do, 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 do. I'll do more. I've done it myself. I felt guilty about things, and I've tried to do, do extra stuff to make me feel good about my mess-ups, my bad decisions. And God's just sitting back like, man, you keep doing all you do. That's, that, that, that's not going to make a difference. Because, because Christ is looking at us and saying, listen, everything that I did at Calvary, that's all that ever needs to be done by you. Because I've already did it. So it's not do. We're almost there. We're getting close. D-O, D-O. Let's just put the N-E on it. So we're trying to do. Let's finish the word. It's what he has done for us. So it's all done at Calvary. We don't have to do anything except him as our Lord and Savior and then do what we can and do the best that we can to live. Jesus accomplished everything that we needed on the cross. There's nothing else that we need to do to, to, for, to receive Christ. You just need to receive what he's already done. John chapter 5, 39 and 40 says, You search the scriptures because you think that it gives you eternal life. He's talking to the Pharisees. And he says, you, and, and, you, and um, the scriptures point to me. Yet you refuse to come to me to receive eternal life. Christ says truth. They, they were reading the scriptures, and they were trying to fa- the best to, to figure out how to live eternal life. And what they were doing was they were going by the law. They were going by the law, and they were saying, hey, this is what, how I should live. And, and if I do this, I'll have eternal life, and I'll live by the law, and I'll do good. And, and he's like, no, all the law points to me and my Father. This whole, this whole book points to Christ. This whole book points to God. And he's saying, so this all book points to me, but you're not even looking at what it's pointing at. You're trying to look at it and study it and get to heaven. And this book is not going to get you to heaven. It's a relationship with Christ. It's, it's what this book talks about, who he talks about. This whole book points us to Christ, and that's what we've got to do to have eternal life. The bad choice is trying to get God's approval. And we're trying to do the right things to get God's approval. He, we don't need his approval. Because we've already got it. He's already, he, he, he already loves us. We, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and he already loves us. And he gave his life, his, son, his son's life for us, so that we can live eternally. And we, and we need to quit trying to be approved by God. 
You know, we're trying to do so good. I, you know, I feel like whenever I was a younger Christian, I feel like that uh, Wizard of Oz kind of uh, situation in my mind. You know, I felt like I had to do right. I was like, follow the yellow big road. Follow the yellow big road. I need a brain. I need some courage. Uh, please uh, follow the yellow big road. I need a heart. You know, and I just had to walk this, this follow the yellow big road. That's what I was focused on, was doing right, staying on the road. And if I fell off, it wasn't about, oh, God, it was like, oh, i got to get back on the road because I don't want to go to hell. Follow the yellow big road. Follow the yellow big road. I need a heart. I need a brain. I might, I might still need a brain, okay, and some courage, okay, but I got a heart. But God will never love you any more than he does right now today. And I don't want to go too far on this right here because when I start talking about the love of Christ, I'll preach for an hour, okay? But you, God will never love you any more than he does right this very second because his love is eternal. If you, his love is from the east to the west. If, if you go start walking west and you keep walking, you may end up on the east coast, but you still got more west to go. And you just keep walking west, keep walking west. You'll never find east because there's still west to go. Same way with Christ. He, wherever, wherever love supposedly ends, he's at the end of it, and he keeps on. He is eternal. He, he is to the end. It's to infinity and beyond. He loves us. Okay? And so that's, that's what it is. And we've got to understand that God loves us that much and cares about us that much. And we don't have to get his approval for us. He's approved, his son died on the cross, so we didn't need his approval. So now all we got to do is accept him as our Lord and Savior. And here's, you know, and, but we look at ourselves and we walk around because of the bad choices we make. And this is, this is a pet peeve of mine, and I think I can prove it here in the Word of God. But it bothered I had somebody come into church the other day, and I, he, he said he was coming today, and I don't see him, and I, I wish he was. He, 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 was, he, was, he was an addict, and, and he came in here and he said, I'm just a sinner. I'm, 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 I've asked Christ in my heart. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. See, I, and I was like, no, that's not the truth. You're either a sinner or you're saved. You're not both. You may be a Christian, and if you're a Christian, the Bible says, for we are all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So yes, we're, we're Christians, and we do sin as Christians, and we ask Christ. But we're not, we're not a sinner saved by grace. Because if, you're, if you say, I'm a sinner saved by grace, we're saying, God, what you did on the cross was not quite good enough. I'm still a sinner. God's like, no, what I did, you're saved. You may sin sometimes. You may sin, but you're saved. But if you're a sinner, you're not saved. So you can't be kind of saved. <laughs> we may be Christians, you know, saved by grace, but you're not a sinner saved by grace. I understand the point. I understand. I know what the song says. I disagree with the song too. But I'm, because I'm just saying that, that, that once you're saved and you're, you're bought with a price, you're, you're, you, you may sin because, because that's what the Word of God says. But we're not sinners no more. If we're, we're either a sinner or we're saved, one of the two. And we need to walk in that because we are a new creation. So if you're a new creation, then you're not your old person anymore. The Bible says we take off our old clothes and step into our new clothes. We're not that person. We're not a sinner anymore. We may, be, we may sin, but we're saved. We're a new creation. Why would he say a new creation? Why would he have us change clothes if we were still sinners? We may sin, like I said, but not, not, not the other around. Mark, Mark Shriver said, there's great power in our words. Change the way you talk about yourself and the way that you see yourself. Your subconscious mind will embrace the reality that you are righteousness of God in Christ 
and his grace will teach you to say no to, to, to say no to an ungodliness and help your behavior to come into alignment with the reality of who God has made you to be. For all y'all smart people out there, that's for you. For me, <laughs> that's, not, that, that, that's a little too te- technological for me, a little over my head. Breaking that down, what it means is, if you have the right actions, the right emotions will come. If you start saying, hey, I'm, I, I, I am who God says I am, and you start speaking positively, start speaking the truth, start speaking what the Word of God says, then your actions will follow that. Okay? You know, for, you know what, are you, what are you talking about? Hey, if you say, I'm a loser, I'm never going to do any good, I'm not going to be anything in my life, guess what? You're not. If you say, I can't, guess what? You won't. But if you say, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, then you're able to. It's by, that, by all words. The Bible says you're snared by the words of your mouth. You don't get things done because of what you say. And I'm not talking about name it, claim it. I want, a, I, you know, I want a brand new Cadillac or I want a 757J. I'm not talking about all that. I'm just talking about basic Christianity thought of who I am in Christ. And I know who I am. And if I start talking who I am in Christ, I will become that. If you, if you can come now. He, he loves you. and he, You know what? The enemy right now is thinking about you. Ain't that sweet? He's thinking about you. He's thinking about how he can make you sin sometime today. He's thinking about how he can trip you up today. He's thinking about how can I make them busy so they don't read, pray, and read the Bible. He's thinking about how can I, how can I get them up, how can I, what can I do to them so they don't come next week to start the family matters. What can I do? How can I make them think more about the, the beach than I do the church? How can I, what can I do to, to make them fall, to, to stop their relationship? What can I do to make them fall? He's thinking about you today. The devil is thinking about you today, but you know what? Christ is thinking about you. But instead of all them things the devil's thinking about, there's only one thing that Christ is thinking about you today. He's thinking, I love them so much. That's always thinking about you. <laughs> That's it. I love them so much. I, sent my, I, I love them so much. But I've sinned, I love you so much. But I'm not good, I love you so much. That's all he's thinking is how much he loves you. The Bible says he thinks that more than the grains of sand on the earth. He never sleeps or slumbers. All he does all day long is think about how much he loves you. And he wants us to make right decisions. And he is the right decision. You love somebody so much, we love him so much, the reason that we quit trying to do, and and when you accept what he's done, then you don't do it because it's rules and regulations. You do it out of obedience. You do it because you love him so much, you want to please him, so you do what's right. You live right. You act right. You talk right. If you want to look right, look, look, live right, act right, every day, if you want to be like Jesus. Remember that song, my Lord, after a while. Anyway, another song. But my point is that if you, if you, do what, if you love God, you turn your life over to him, and you fall in love with Jesus, it don't matter. Because what's going to happen then, you're going to start, you're not going to have to worry about sin as much because you're going to love him so much, you're not going to want to sin. You're going to, you're going to crucify your flesh. You're going to get sanctified, and it's not going to be a struggle as much anymore. You don't have to worry about, oh, I, got, I can't, I can't, I can't. You say, hey, I get to love him. I get to serve him. I get to honor him today. You know, I, I'm a dad, and my kids aren't perfect. But, well, they're almost perfect. 
but they're not perfect. But I, I choose to spend time with my children not because they're perfect or not. I spend time with them because I love them. Same way with God. I spend time with God not because I feel like I have to because I'm a Christian and, and he saved me and he died for me, so therefore I have to like spend time with him you know, because if I don't want to go to hell. No, I spend time with God because I love him, because of what he's done for me. Because, because he, you know, I do it because I love him so much. So, since I love him so much, and he's, I just want to be with him. I want to spend time with him. If he never did anything else for me the rest of my life, I would still want to spend time with him. Why? Because I love him. It's not about what he's done for me. Yes, I accept that. But he's done so much for me already. If he stopped doing for me, I would still love him. How much more does God our Father love us than how much we love our kids and family? Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. Not everyone who calls out on the, uh, to me, Lord, Lord, will enter in the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say, listen to this, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. People will say in heaven, we cast out demons in your name, and we performed miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, who, you who break God's law, or you workers of iniquity, King James says, I think. See, these people are doing, 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 trying their best to do for God. And, and I did this, and God, I did this, and I did this. God's like, it ain't about what you've done. I don't care how many demons you cast out. I don't care how, how much you did, and I don't care how many miracles you performed. If you ain't got a relationship with me, you ain't got nothing. That's the key to heaven. It's not about what you've done. You can, you can literally do everything right on the outside and still go to hell. I, I got some of my friends that I used to tell all the time, hey, man, why don't you just get saved? Man, I don't know. I said, man, listen, you're a Christian. No, let me take that back. You live like a Christian. You just don't know Jesus. The only thing that's missing in your life, you, you live a good Christian life. You live a wholesome life. You do good things. You act right. You talk right. You live right. You just don't have your heart right. So the way you're living, if you just ask Christ in your life, you'll be assured of heaven. It's not even hard for you. It's not like you're out here sinning and got all this stuff you've got to stop. You're living, you're living the life. You just got to ask him in your heart. They were doing everything right. They even read their Bible some and prayed and believed in God. But they hadn't accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But why? Because it's not what you're doing. It's not on the outside how people perceive you. you you're going to be shocked when you go into heaven. You, if we could be offended in heaven, you would be offended. Why? Because there's going to be people in heaven that you would have been saying, Oh, dear Jesus, I cannot believe he made it. Ain't no way in Hades. He's up here. Somebody made a mistake. It wasn't God. So how did he Peter, Paul, James, and John? And there'll be some people that are up there that you'll be like, that, that's not up there, that you're like, well, where, where's Aunt Sue at? I know, where's she? I know she, where's she at? You, you, you would be offended at the people that make it. Why? Because it's about relationship. And, it's not, and because you think that they weren't good enough. You think so and so and so. But see, they had a relationship with God. And we're so judgmental. Why do you think, why do you think that they shouldn't be up there? Because we judge them based on what we see, not what they know. 
Ephesians 3, 17 and 19. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts and you will trust in him and your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. <clears throat> and may you have the power to understand as, as in all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep God's love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it be too great for you to understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Did you hear that? That you may experience the love of God, though it's too great to understand fully. I can sit here and talk about the love of God, and a lot of us think that we understand how much God loves us. The word, but the Word of God, which is infallible, says, look, you can understand it to a point, but you just, you still, you can't, you can't explain how much He loves us because you are feeble in your language. You are feeble in your ability to express the love of God. And it's our job just to love people. It's, God jo it's God's job to change them. <clears throat> and I had, I had some, some, some people the other day that came in and, 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 uh, and I talked to them and, and, and they, were, they came, well, two of them came to the first service and there was, there was three, three more that was supposed to come and had, didn't, didn't get to come today. I talked to the guy that came here the other day that, that, that was, it was, he was an addict on crack and cocaine. He was supposed to come today and I invited him. There was a wreck outside my mom's house the other night and I began to talk to the person and, and, and he said, hey man, I think everything happens for a reason. We've been looking for a church. What church do you say you go to? I'll, I'll be coming here in the next couple of weeks. Just, just love it on, just, just not, not trying to be somebody, not trying to be holy. Just love it on people. I'm building relationships with people. And when I build relationships with, with people, they're like, well, where do you go to church? I didn't ask them to come to church and then build relationship with them. I built relationship with them and then I asked him. We were out there an hour before he, he, he said that. I just started talking with him and loving on him and caring about him. And he saw all that. And, it, it, hmm, this might be, he's a pastor too. So I built relationship and then he wanted to come. I go back to the back, back there to, to those ladies that work back there about once a week and just love on them a little bit. Just talk to them. Just care for them. Tell them we're here for them. We let them use our building when, when they want to. <clears throat> And now, thank God, we're going to probably, they're going to be, they're the ones going to get this building. They're going to let us use their building until we, something can happen. So, so, so just being good, just being, just loving on people, it's, it's going to work out for us. Because now what I did to them, they're going to turn around and do back to us. But if, I, but if I'd have been, no, no, y'all can't, no, you can't, it's mine. Well, guess what would be happening July 1st? We'd be kicked to the curb. <clears throat> so build relationship with people and love on them. And then you may not even have to invite them. They may say, hey, where do you go to church at? That's what every one of them said. Where do you go to church at? Well, I go, oh, well I, man, I don't come out there. That's what our job is. And then they come and they hear the gospel. God pricks their heart. God tells our heart. We don't have to tell them their sin. We don't have to talk to them about nothing. We don't have to tell them anything. Then God deals with them, and it's between them and God. If anybody don't get saved that comes to church, that's not our, that's not our problem. That's God's problem. They're rejecting him. And we're just going to keep loving on them, keep loving on them until, until they all turn to Christ. And a lot of these people that I'm talking to have already saved. And some of them aren't. But either way, it's our job to bring them and just love on them and let God change. And you, you hear me say this. I say this all throughout the year all the time because I want you to get it. 
We are here to inspire love, life, and relationship. In order to do that, we've got to make the right choices. Would you bow your hand and close your eyes? <clears throat> God, help us to make choices today. Help us to move forward <clears throat> and not backwards. Help us not to go back to our old person, but go forward to who you called us to be. Help us to reach out and just love on people and share the love and let them all know, hey, there's a better choice. It's God. Why don't you just come to church and learn more about him? Help us to be evangelists. Help us to reach out and ask people to, to, to come and, and, and build a relationship with them and, and, and have such a relationship that they see how we are and they want to, to build a relationship with us and they want to come to church and change their life. Help us, God, to make the right choice. Hopefully we've already made the right choice to receive you, Father. Help us to make a better choice and to serve you. We love you, God, today. We honor you. We thank you for all you're doing. We're blessed to be called your people. We're honored to call you our God. We love you for all you do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.